Hey there, I wanted to take a brief moment and welcome you to the Focus Point Podcast. If this is one of the first episodes that you're hearing from us, please head over to our website, thepointoffocus.com, where you can find out some more information about who we are, what we're doing. You can also find other podcast episodes and blog posts there as well. That's thepointoffocus.com. I'm so glad that you decided to give one of our episodes a listen. I really hope that you will be blessed and encouraged through what you hear in this episode. I also encourage you to share this episode with your family and your friends. Once again, I just thank you for taking some time and listening to our episode. Now, let's dive in to today's episode. Well, this is the fifth and final week of our In the End series, and the reason for that is we decided to kind of condense the last two uh, topics together because one of them really doesn't have a lot to say about. Neither one of these really go into great detail, Um, and to stay true to what this series is, what we've described the series to be um, from the beginning, meaning that, you know, we're not doing a deep dive, we're not getting off into weeds, we're not, like, doing a deep study of Revelation, um, all those things, you know, we're not bashing any church, pastor, uh, uh, religious leader, or um, any organization, or anything like that, so to stay true to that, um, there are speculations with these two topics, and I will say that one of the speculations um, can could be true, but um, and it's just because of what's what's out there, what's currently going on, is the reason why I bring that up. So um, as we go through this, but we're, we're talking about the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast today, and the whole thing is is while the Antichrist is just like full speculation of who it could be. Um, and all of that. And then the mark of the beast, though, um, the Bible tells us what it is, but there's also some speculations that I will bring up um, in this. So a little bit of a departure from what I just said, but I wanted to be transparent up front. And the reason for that, that mark of the beast and kind of going off into some of the speculations is because I really believe that they could hold true. So um, as as we embark on this, it's going to be kind of a similar format to what we've been doing um, in all these other episodes, especially ones that we have no really description of other than just few um, things here. Uh, We're basically going to be, if you have a copy of the Bible, uh, we're basically going to be in Revelation 13, uh, but we're going to reference some other areas as well, and as always... Um, and as throughout the series, we'll have um, all the scriptures referenced in this episode, in the description of the episode. So, um, but we'll mainly be in Revelation 13. Uh, we'll reference a couple spots in there. And then um, we'll bring this series to a close. Um, I hope it's been helpful um, because, as I've said also with this series, we're just trying to keep it simple. That's one of the reasons why we're not going off into the weeds too much. Um, as I said with this, just this only exception, um, and it's because I've heard it a lot and it's, it's really believed to be true. So we'll get to there in just a little bit. But as far as the Antichrist goes, um, in the Bible, the Antichrist, um, the term Antichrist 
is used only four used only five times, and it's in First John two eighteen, First John two twenty two, First John four three, and Second John one seven, and the other we'll we'll talk about it in just a second. But there's other areas where he's referenced, but he's referenced under a different identity or name. First um, John two eighteen tells us that dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard the Antichrist is coming, and already and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know the last hour has come. And so, with that, we're going to jump over to Revelation 13 here real quick. And then it says, Revelation 13, 1, it says, Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns, with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were the names were names that blasphemed God. The beast look the beast itself looked like a leopard, but it had on it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast its own power, and throne, and great authority. So the dragon, um, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But then it says in verse three, it says, "I saw one of the heads of the beast seemed." wounded beyond recovery but the fatal wound was healed the whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast they worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power so we see the beast now we're going to put the beast as satan because the beast gave him power and so um we'll talk about it a little bit more too but the antichrist in this event, we talked about it a little bit last week when we mentioned the Antichrist and the tribulation events and how he's taken out and resurrected and then indwelled by Satan. And that's what we're seeing here. Um, they worship the dragon for giving the beast such power and they worship the beast. Who is, who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who will be able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemes against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And he spoke terrible, sorry, and he spoke terrible words of blasphemy, blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to rage war against God's people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. So he's given worldwide power. And all the people who belonged to this world worshipped the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Okay, so let's... um, let, let's let's talk just a little bit here, okay? As as we mentioned, as I, as I mentioned last week, we talked briefly about during the events of the tribulation that that event was going to take place, where he was going to, and that kind of marks the turn in the tribulation. Um, the tribulation it's kind of marked by the worst and the worstest, <laughs> like three three and a half years of of quote good tribulation, and then. Seven, three and a half years of quote worst tribulation. All the tribulation is going to be bad, but I guess it's it's kind of divided into worse and worse. Like it's kind of like it's going to get worse and then worse. <laughs> so, 
we uh, we see we see that. So in summary, the Antichrist is the end times false Messiah, who likely achieves world domination so that he can destroy Israel and all the followers of Jesus Christ. And that's what we read here in verse in these verses that we read. Um, he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for forty two months. Right, and it said the whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. And where where did I read that? Oh yeah, he waged war against God's people and to conquer them. He was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. So that to me uh, signifies world domination. Um, so to me. That's that's what that that's what that's talking about. If he's able to rule over all people, that's world domination. Um, it is likely that the most people that are when they're uh, most people who are alive when the Antichrist is revealed will be surprised at his identity, and that um, some of the sources that I read, the Antichrist, which I kind of hold, kind of believe. Um, is whether or not the Antichrist may or may not be alive currently to this day as of this recording on January 26, 2024. Is he? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to know. Uh, because why? We don't know when this whole thing is going to take place. Right? The rapture has to take place and then this is re and then the Antichrist is revealed. So speculating on that is all these things and that's also why you know some of the stuff that i read you know says he's not going to be from this place or this place or this or that or everything else um because we don't really um know what he's going to look like who he's going to be it's just he's going to be able to achieve this this leadership role the, the this dominance described in revelation that we just read um Simply the meaning of the Antichrist is means he's against Christ. So um, also in John 22, I'm sorry, 1 John 2.22. So 2.18 talked about the Antichrist. And the other one said, um, 20, uh, sorry, 2.22 talks about how many Antichrists have come. So, you know, it's going back to kind of being careful to watch out for these people who are against Christ. For these people that, you know, don't be deceived. Um, as Mark, yeah, uh, it says that, um, it tells us to not be deceived, to be watchful and be careful of who, um, we're, we're letting into our, our lives. It says, yeah, Mark thirteen thirty three. I knew it was somewhere in my notes. It says, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that hour will come. And it's, I, I believe that's just be on guard. You know, in several places in the Bible, it tells us to be alert be on guard, be ready. And the whole thing is that I started this series off by talking about it. Be ready means not having all this knowledge and being able to crack the code. It's being ready means making sure that we're doing everything we can to live the right life that Jesus would have us live that best represents Jesus. So, um, those passages, as I said, will be, um, in there for your reference, uh, to be, in the description of the episode, but then it says there's also an antichrist. The antichrist is coming. The one that we need to watch out for. Um, and it's said that the antichrist, as we've kind of read and the events of the tribulation that are led by him, it's means that he is going to be the, the, 
the biggest example of what being against Christ is going to be like. Um, it's a man will arise to oppose Christ and his followers, um, likely claiming to be the true Messiah. As a matter of fact, he probably will claim that he's the true Messiah. Um, and as we've already mentioned, the Antichrist will seek world dominion and attempt to destroy the Jesus way. Attempt to destroy anything to do with Jesus, much kind of like they tried to eradicate any talk of Jesus in the early uh, in the early chapters of the book of Acts. You know, that's one of the reasons why the disciples were a little bit fearful. I mean, I would be too. It's just this idea that Jesus was such a revolutionary. He was such a, a upside down type person. And he just turned everybody inside out and upside down. And it, it caused an uproar in, in the in where Jesus was. Every place Jesus went, the things he said, what he did, just caused an uproar. And so... The Pharisees, after all of this, were trying to get rid of them, and it kind of continued on in the book of Acts. Um, as a matter of fact, that was one of Paul's mission. His name was originally Saul. So anyway, so this this eradication of Jesus of Jesus people, right? The followers of Jesus um, are are going to be try tried to be eradicated from this again. So I I kind of compare it to that. I've never really thought of it that way before, but that's kind of what's happening. It happened after Jesus died, rose again, went up to heaven, and the like I said, the early stages of the book of Acts. So um some other places in the biblical references to the Antichrist. Um, we read some of them last week. Um Daniel chapter seven it mentions the opposing boastful king who oppresses the Jews and tries to change the set times and the laws. Um, that's Daniel 7.25. Um, Daniel 9, we talked about it last week. The, the, um, the thing that starts the tribulation events is the seven-year covenant that the uh, leader, made, that the Antichrist makes. Um, this one is big. We read about it in uh, Matthew 24, uh, where it says that... Um, let's go there real quick. So forgive me just a minute here. Let me turn in my Bible here. Um, ex I'm sorry, Matthew 24, 15 says, The day is coming when you will see what Daniel, the prophet, spoke about, a sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Um, Daniel refer then Daniel references it as the, um, the abomination of desolation. And he's going to put up a statue of himself. And he's also referred to as the man of lawlessness in 2 uh, Thessalonians um, 2. So we'll go there as well and see what we uh, what we've said here. So it's there's this idea that um, this this man of lawlessness. So that's in second the second Thessalonians um, two one through twelve, and then it also says in Revelation six two the rider on a white horse, um, representing his he's representing to be peaceful at first, right? He wants to be peaceful. He signs this treaty and does all of this stuff. And then he's this event that we said takes place where he's fatally wounded, gets resurrected and indwelled by Satan. And um, it is said that Satan, what we read in Revelation 13, that Satan is the dragon that gives him the ability to speak these words of blaspheme and all of that. Um, but we all know we already talked about the end right when we talked about the tribulation events we've even talked about the rapture events when we talked about the second coming um the antichrist along with his false prophets along with everything will be thrown into the lake of fire 
uh, where they will spend all eternity in torment. And that's Revelation 19, 20, um, and 20, uh, in Revelation 20, uh, 10. So, um, that's just a little bit about the Antichrist. And as I've been clear, clear to say, okay, the Antichrist, there's more study to do. If you want to dive in a little bit deeper, I just kind of graze the topics there. Um, and so, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12 is a good place to kind of read some stuff. Um, I was going to read it here, uh, but just decided to kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, so definitely, by all means, step into this stuff. Study a little bit about this stuff. But don't, try not to get too mixed up. Um, real, real briefly, as I said when I started this series, I believe that there's a lot of people out there that are trying to talk about these events but they're not actually talking about the events in order. They're not talking about the, they're just causing um, like hysteria. They're just causing these things. Um, uh, like I said at the beginning of the series, the stuff about, you know, they're, they're talking about things that are going to happen. So they're not wrong, but they're talking about them during a time where they're not accurate. As in like, the, the war in Israel right now. Yeah, Israel is supposed to be attacked, but this one isn't it. Because these other things have to have happened. The Antichrist is one of the ones that is key in Israel's future. The the Euphrates River drying up. And a couple other events that are, are talked about. People are saying, like, oh, this, this is it. Yeah, there are signs, and the Bible is clear that these things are written down. Especially John. He's like, these things are written down. So that we know, right? So that we can be aware when he's talking to the churches during in the letter of Revelation, right? And he's talking to these people to, to tell them these things are written down so that you will know. So, yes, but we don't have all of the details. And sometimes God wants it that way. We're going to talk about, I'm so excited for next week's episode. But right, right now, we're not going to segue into that. But... Right, right now, it's just what's written in the Bible is what's written in the Bible. And yes, we've got the, the power of studying and interpreting and seeing and all of this stuff like that. But as I've mentioned throughout this series, I believe that it's just the deeper sometimes that we get, the more confusing it gets. And sometimes it's just good to stay on the surface and see what's, see what's happening, see what we actually need to be concerned with. And really, my thing is, if you're a follower of Jesus, we need to be concerned about following the, the greatest commandment, loving God, loving people, loving each other as best as we can to, to show Jesus the best that we can. And if we don't follow Jesus, if you're not following Jesus and you're listening to this, your, your best thing to try and do is figure out how you can get with Jesus, how you can get on the train, because that should be your, your, your greatest concern. Not what's going to happen later, because like I said last week, the events of the tribulation only affect you if you're here. And I want to be clear with that. They only affect you if you're here. So that's why I said as followers of Jesus, if you follow Jesus, you need to be concerned with what Jesus says we should be doing. Not so much all of this stuff, when this is going to happen, when that's going to happen, all of that. It's good to know that stuff, but our focus should be living the best life for Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus... Your, your biggest concern should be, well, maybe I should look into seeing how I can follow Jesus or studying what's going to happen 
that you might experience, and I'm being very straightforward, but this is, uh, this is a big, big couple of things, but the Bible isn't clear. And what I was trying to say is, is the Bible is not clear on a lot of these things. And I think some of it's on purpose, like, um, just other, other instances in the Bible that come up. It's just like God could have given us more details on that, but he didn't. And sometimes I think we are trying to fish out those details to, to help us when the details that God wanted to give us are there and we should just kind of be accepting of that. Um, I know for me, sometimes it's like, well, what, what did he mean? What did he mean? Like when we're having a conversation, right? And somebody says something and you're like, what did they mean by that? What, what, what do you suppose happened? Like, or when, you know, something happens and a friend kind of just tells you a vague thing. It's like, well, you start speculating and you start trying to figure it out. Right. I believe we do that with certain things in the Bible. We try and figure out what's being said. I know I do. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but I, I believe God who wrote the Bible, it's all inspired by God and everything like that. I don't think he wants us to try and figure out what isn't there. I think he wants us to figure out the meaning of what's there and just keep it like that. There's there's sometimes there's just great, great help in, in simplicity being being it's just being simple which is what I've tried to do with this series and just try to keep it simple. And so um, one final thing we're going to talk about is the the mark of the beast. And so we are going to read a, just a small portion of it um, in Revelation 13, but other areas, Revelation uh, 14, 9, 9, sorry, Revelation 14, 9 and 11, Revelation 15 to 16 to 19, 20 and 20 verse 4 all speak about this um, mark of the beast. So let's let's read and see what the Bible says here at the end of Revelation chapter 13, the very la the very last few verses, 15 through 18. It says here that he will then um, he was then given uh, sorry. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded anyone refusing to worship it must die. Once again, sounds kind of familiar to uh, the story in the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when he's talking about, hey, worship that statue, right? King Nebuchadnezzar was like, worship that. And uh, they refused. But the thing is, is that this, once again, comparison is that... That one, they you know got thrown in the fiery furnace, which one could say, well, that's a total crazy thing, right? But this this event is going to be different. If you don't do it, like it's just going to be kind of like a fiery furnace kind of event because this is what happens. He then requires everyone, small, great, rich, poor, free, and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy, sell, anything without buy or sell anything without that mark which either was the name of the beast or the number representing his name wisdom is needed here let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast for it is the number of man his number is 666 okay now I'm going to unpack it a, first of all I want to point out wisdom is needed here okay that, to me, is indicating that we're not going to be able to figure it out, okay? That the revelation of 
the Antichrist will probably reveal what the number 666 means. What his number actually means and what it references will probably only be identified by um, his is his uh, come to power, his rise, right? Um, that's what I think John is meaning. It says, let the, be, let the one with understanding. So I don't think that we have the understanding or he would tell us, right? I mean, just plain and simple. Once again, this is one of those things. It didn't say, this is what it means. It says it's the number of man, 666. And that's true. Six in the Bible is referenced to the number of man. But here's what this means isn't here, right? John doesn't go into his number is 666 and it means X, Y, and Z. That's not here. So... What does this mark mean? Well, the mark acts as a seal for followers of the Antichrist and the false prophet. The false prophet is the one who causes people to take the mark. The mark is literally placed on the hand or the forehead and is not simply a card that someone carries. However, um, that's what the Bible says. And if I, you know, what I've, what I've said in the series, we're just kind of going with, so that means it's going to be somewhere on your hand or on your forehead that, you know, gets scanned probably to buy, you know, or whatever, right? But I will want to say here, because even the source that, even the, some of the sources that I've read, even though they, they say what the Bible says, they kind of go off into this I, idea that um, recent breakthroughs of certain things um, have often increased the idea of what the what the mark could be, um, and so it is possible that technology we are seeing today represents the beginning stages of what may eventually be used as the mark of the beast. It is important to realize that a it is important to realize that a medical implant chip is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast will be something that will be given only to those who worship the Antichrist. Having a medical or financial chip inserted in your right hand or forehead is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast will be an end times identification. Okay, so we, we want to be we want to be clear here. Okay, what's happening now, once again, is not what's going to happen then. The mark of the beast is his mark could it use existing technology i it's it's hard to say the bible is john's revelation that he saw was a mark on your hand or on your forehead now what that means could be and this is where where i'm going a little bit into speculation because of technology now jesus knows everything and anything and all things right so he could have showed john something like a, a plastic square in there. Like he could have identified, tried to identify that in some way, but he just set a mark. And with like, um, we've said, um, and that's why only reason why I'm mentioning this kind of side note is that the mark of the beast could be something that using technology that already kind of exists. It's not happening now. So if you have a chip reader card or if you use Apple Pay or if you, you know, I've seen in the news too, those little implant things where you can just pay with your palm, all of that kind of stuff, that is not the mark of the beast, okay? It doesn't matter what people say because the mark of the beast has to come from the beast who is not risen to power yet, okay? This is where... This is one of the reasons why I created this series, and I've already said it in this episode, but it's just all of these things, all this speculation, and people whip up mass hysteria. And to be honest, 
that, like I said, is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series. Why I finally decided to do this series, being transparent, being transparent and honest with you. Um, I've avoided, and I said this in the first episode of the series. Uh, by the way, all of these episodes are available in the archives. But I said it at the beginning of the episode, the very first episode of the series, that I've, um, being truthful, avoided talking about this kind of stuff. Why? Because I believe that it's helpful, but I also believe it's a waste of time. And I and I say that because we don't really have a lot of the answers about this, and it just creates countless hours of conversation and retorting and criticism and all of these different things that, to me, waste our time off of what we're, as followers of Jesus, supposed to be talking about. We're supposed to be doing. Um, but... I want to say that this speculation, which is why I didn't talk about all of the different things that the Antichrist could be, where he could come from, all of those things. I didn't talk about that because he's going to come from wherever he's going to come from. And it is in the Bible where it's kind of can be figured out where he's going to come from. But this is um, my my thing about it. And this source that I use, and I'm going to read something here that says um, a little bit more about it. And this um, idea of the technology that we have, um, I believe, plays a big part into what the Antichrist is going to use. Because, I mean, being a world leader, the whole world, like Revelation 13 told us... Everybody is under his leadership. Let me let me read it again. Revelation 13, 8, where it says, sorry, 7, And the beast was allowed to wage war against all people and conquered them, and he was given the authority to rule over every tribe, people, language, and nation. To me, it's pretty cut and dry. When it says the word nation, that means he's going to rule over the world. Okay? And... This means that this mark, you know, could be every. You know, you gotta go get it. You gotta, you know, if you want to do it, you gotta go to their their place and get it right. Or it could just be the technology that we already have that is is different that you have to accept, but it can come easily to your phone to your you know, your ad, whatever, right? You have to sign up for it to get it, whatever. You have to go get it. You know, there's just ideas that this technology exists that could aid a world leader, right? So it says, um, so it says here, this source, um, that I took notes from, it says that, uh, many good expositors of revelation. So many good studiers, whatever, scholars, all that differ widely as to the exact nature of the mark of the beast. Besides the implanted chip view, other speculations include ID card, a microchip, a barcode that is tattooed in the skin, or simply a mark that identifies someone being faithful to the kingdom, to the Antichrist kingdom. Okay. So it's it's this this idea, right, of of that. And one of the things that I think about, I recently went to a concert. It was actually a Christian concert. Um, 
And I, I went there, and their concession stand, mind you, their concession stand, you just put your card in the slot, you, you put your bank card in the slot, the gates open, you go in, and it's watching you, right? There's like a thousand cameras just in this one little concession stand area. You take what you want, and then it charges your card when you exit. To me, that is a very key way because it says in the Bible that you can't buy, sell, trade, nothing, right? So what if, right, that same technology used in those concession stands is adopted by the Antichrist and you can't even go into Walmart or Meijer or any place like that without swiping your card first? But this is all speculation, and it does not add any more information to what the Bible gives us. In other words, any of these things are possible, but in the same way they are speculations. And we should not spend a lot of time speculating on the price, precise details. And as I've said, the only reason why I'm talking about this is because I believe it's highly possible that it's going to be a some kind of technology. Um, the Bible is clear, and that's why I also am going to stay with that, that it that the Bible um, says that it's going to be a mark that is on your right hand or on the forehead. So, you know, once again, holding true to what I uh, based the series on, that's what the Bible tells us. But um, it doesn't mean that technology can't be a part of it in some way, shape, or form. So uh, this concludes our um, our series, and we're not um, we're not done this year. Um, I'm excited for what's to come. Um, next week we are actually celebrating a big episode. Our next episode is our 200th episode, and I'm super excited for what God um, God gave us. God opened up. Uh, the door for this, and I believe he's dropped some something passionate for me to talk about um, out of a very familiar story. So I'm excited to be able to share that with you next week, and then after that, we jump into our series in the book of Philippians called "I've Got the Joy," and so I'm excited to be able um, to jump into that, and that will take us all the way um, up to summer, approximately. So uh, we'll be spending some time in the in the book of Philippians. So um, really, really excited um, for that. And as I've said, I really hope that this um, this series has helped. I really hope that um, you will do some some deeper research. But I also I also pray and I hope that you won't get to too down into all of these speculations as that source that I just read um, states that it's all speculations um, and I tried to stay away from speculations because uh, otherwise we could talk for months about these different things um, but I believe so um, I believe so strongly that uh, what I talked about in this episode especially with the mark of the beast that these these speculations, I believe, are more possible to become true than other speculations. And I know that sounds weird to say, but when you compare what 
the Antichrist is going to be, who he's going to be, and what he's going to do, and what he's going to achieve. In order to achieve this kind of world dominance, it has to be some type of, of thing that's that's easy, quote-unquote easy, right, for him. Um, and it could just be simply you go to the courthouse and you tattoo something on your hand, right? Or it could be you have to go and pick up a card, or you have to go and... You know, whatever it is. Um, And like I said, it's just hard to not look at the way the technology is and how everything is already connected through that. um, To not think that is a very high possibility. Uh, So, but like I said, like that source said, it's not for us to speculate and to keep thinking about it and speculating over it um, is one thing again. So, um, once again, the encouragement is if you follow Jesus... Stay to what Jesus has us to do, right? Love God, love people, love each other. That's what Jesus would have us do. Um, and that's how we can be ready. We can make sure that our, our relationship with Jesus is as best as it can be. And if we, and if you don't follow Jesus, um, maybe some of the stuff we've talked about is, is new. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. Um, but um, if, you, if you don't follow Jesus, um, one of the the biggest things for you would be to consider stepping into a relationship with Jesus, stepping into um, stepping into this idea, getting on this side of the the fence, so that way you can um, not experience some of the things we've talked about. Because as a follower of Jesus, that's one of the other things that we shouldn't want anybody to experience what we know the tribulation to be let alone the tribulation but just to experience what we talked about hell being right heaven and hell two two drastically different places so my encouragement is for like i said those who follow jesus stay on the stay on the jesus way keep um doing as best we can to represent jesus and if you don't follow jesus Maybe consider seeing what it would be like to be in a relationship with Jesus. And you can do that at a local church. You can do that by um, just praying a prayer. There's things online um, to help you to help you pray a prayer. Because really simply, that's what it is. Um, I've used on this podcast uh, Romans 10, 9 through 13. Because that's basically what salvation is. It's declaring that Jesus is Lord. It's declaring that Jesus did what he did. It's declaring that Jesus came down from heaven to live a life that we couldn't live so that he could be the sacrifice for our sins, right? And then so by declaring that and declaring that Jesus did it, it's that we believe in all of it, right? And that we need Jesus as a Savior. Because it says that everybody that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. So... Revel, uh, sorry, Romans 10, 9 through 13 is a great way to enter into a relationship with Jesus. So uh, without without anything else to say, um, I encourage you to go back and listen to the rest of the series if this is just jumping, if you're just jumping in. Also, join us next week for our big episode 200. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait. The topic we're going to be talking about is a question and that question is God what are you doing see you next week